Hey, we're so glad you found us. This is a Juicy Pear Podcast with Sean and Wendy. I'm your host, Wendy. And I'm your host, Sean. And we want to share with you some storytelling that leaves you feeling entertained, inspired, and puts a smile on your face. And we are truly hoping to be able to talk about relatable topics, especially in this world of craziness. So sit back and enjoy the conversation. Stay tuned. Hi, this is the Juicy Pear Podcast with Sean and Wendy, and we are very excited who we have on today. Her name is Aubrey Logan. She is an American pop and jazz singer and trombone soloist. Aubrey, how are you? Hi, Wendy and Sean. I'm great today. How are you guys today? (laughs) We're so excited to have you on, Aubrey. Um, We're so excited, and I guess we're just going to go right into it. So I'm kind of looking at your bio here. So Mm -hmm. I see that you won the audience's choice award and the jury's first place award at the 2009 Shuri Montreux Jazz Festival. I probably messed that all up. I don't know. It's okay. It's the Montreux Jazz Festival, which is a long, which is a, you know, decades old tradition. And they have a, they host, they've been hosting like some competitions for, for a long, long time. And um, yeah, that kind of got sent my career on a somewhat credible path back in the day. <laughs> nice. Okay. You're also an American Idol con- contestant who won <laughs> a golden ticket passed to the finals in, also in 2009, correct? Yes. Got firmly rejected about two months before I won the Montreux Jazz Festival. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you've played all over the place. Tell us a little bit about that and um, tell us how did you get into uh this field that you're in and musician. Right. Yeah. When I was a little girl, I grew up in, in Snohomish, Washington, which is about 40 minutes Northeast of Seattle. And uh, my parents are music teachers. So they met teaching choir, one taught choir, my mom taught choir, my dad taught band, and they met at middle school as teachers. Nice. And uh, here I am. So, um, I love it. <laughs> but, but yeah, they, they raised me on an eclectic, um, amount of music. I mean, the quantity, the sheer quantity was, you know, overload and the, and the quality was great. Mm -hmm. So I grew up listening to, you know, my parents taste, you know, we'd all be cleaning the house and going on road trips and we'd, Mm -hmm. I'd hear Michael Jackson and Beethoven and Dolly Parton and the Eagles and, um, you know, James Taylor and Stevie wonder and rock Mononoff within a, a, you know, a a span was, of one hour. And I just, that was, I just that was all that was the normal. same set list. <laughs> right. Right. And I just thought that's what music, you know, when you're yes. a kid, you just accept whatever you're given as normal. So that's that right. was, to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thank them for my eclectic taste. Um, for sure. I, you know, it wasn't until I got to Los Angeles that I realized eclectic uh, playing to so many genres was, was a, was a marketing problem, but you know, in my childhood, I was blissfully unaware. And um, I, I, uh, you know, started imitating the singers they would play. So they'd play Karen Carpenter. And I, as a kid, you know, I would imitate her and I kind of could, and all I wanted to do was sing or they'd play Whitney Houston and I could copy all her, you know, riffs and runs and stuff like that. So it was a very apparent very quickly that I wanted to sing. And, um, you know, I sang at church as many chances as I could. I sang the national anthem at several Mariners games. Oh my Um, gosh. I would think that would be one of the most scariest things because they always say, you know, no matter how good of a singer you are, they sometimes it gets, I don't know, messed up or whatever. That would be so nerve wracking. Um, I would be like 
practicing it the night before over and over in my yeah. <laughs> I, got. I will I'll tell you what singing in front of 50,000 people acapella is much less scary than budgeting for a tour but um oh, gosh. that was fine but um yeah so it's so <laughs> I really enjoyed it and then I would um you know do a bunch of musical theater productions because that was that's what was available. We didn't live in like Nashville or LA or New York where you just like took your kid to a record company and said, go, you know, it wasn't like that. So I got my start in musical theater, which is, you know, a lot of preparation involved, a lot of practicing, a whole lot of right. memorization, a whole lot of taking direction and, and, and team effort too. Cause you know, there's an ensemble cast. So I, I really value that time I had as a kid working. I had my first job when I was nine, you know, on, on in a musical theater that? production. I'm sorry. What was your first job at nine? Uh, playing a child role in a in a musical theater theater production. I can't I can't remember exactly which one it was. There were a few, and that's just kind of what I was doing. And then by the time I was about twelve, I wanted to be back in school, not missing school, being in band with with my friends. Well, being in school with my friends, and all my friends are in band. And so when you're twelve, you know it's a crisis. It's a horrible teenage tween age crisis. Yeah, that's a hard yeah. age anyway, especially for a girl. So my, but... my mother was the choir director at my school at the time. So there was no way I was going to be in choir. So, okay. um, yeah. I was, yeah. so, and I was already a singer and I could read music and, and stuff, but I didn't play any wind instrument or anything. So my, um, my mom marched up to the call, her colleague, the band director and said, can Aubrey join band? And he said, of course she can. Um, what does she play? And my mom's like, well, nothing but she can learn. And see, I was two years yeah. behind all the other kids because they okay. had started before. And so I'm like, mom, you can't do that. I can't join. It's against the rules. And she's like, come on, do it. You know? So a little bit of nepotism got me in the band. And I learned, um, <laughs> I learned this sucker right here in, uh, you know, two weeks worth of trombone and, or two, a year, two years worth of trombone in two weeks. Cause I was wanted to catch up and beat everyone. Right. And I was, I loved it. I was obsessed with it. Okay, and so I started good. Yeah. So I started playing jazz instead of all the musical theater and pop because of the trombone. And then I started when I started to play jazz and I really thank my middle school band director and I thank all of them around the world for instilling that in me. But when I started to play jazz, I started to sing jazz. So that's where that jazz influence came into my songwriting. And, you know, over the years, just kept doing it, kept doing it all through high school, um, got to Berklee College of Music, kept doing it there, expanded there, started touring the world after that, during that (laughs) (laughs) all kind of simultaneous and then made a few albums and here we are making one now or releasing one in May now. And here we are. (laughs) Yes. Now that's just a lot. How touring the world, I can't even imagine how long does that take and how, like how many people do you have? You must have like a whole slew of people trying to organize and get everything, you know, set and, you know, like with date. two or three key people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a puzzle to put together. I have a lot of people to thank. I'm a very, I have a small amount of, very wonderful people to thank, but um, my manager, Mark, who, who's always trying to put the puzzle together with the agent, with the buyers, with the, it, right. um, it, it's, t- you know, it's a, it's like putting a puzzle together. Okay. We have one date um, that pays enough to get you over there mm-hmm. and then we can maybe get the London band. That'll cost a little less than bringing the LA band, or maybe we can bring one LA guy and then one, and then one guy from here and then, um, hotel rooms, you're going to have to share. Okay. We don't have to share on this one. Okay. You gotta have to share on this one. And you know, it's a whole musicians have great attitudes. Um, the ones that don't, don't stay that long. Um, and (laughs) (laughs) so as a people pleaser, it's a challenge for me to go on tour because you want to make everybody happy, but you don't, and it's not, 
<laughs> yeah. But, um, I've, I've been very blessed and I've played a lot of different, yeah. most of Europe, um, Asia's yet to come. There was COVID. So that got canceled, okay. um, but that's coming. And then, um, lots of Australia, lots of New Zealand, lots of, yeah, lots of what, America, lots of the United States. That is fantastic. Um, mm. fantastic. What is your favorite place out of all the places that you've been? What was like the most memorable? Would you say London playing at Ronnie Scott's in London is always a treat. Okay. Um, oh. haven't been able to do it since February, 2020, but, um, playing, playing there is always a treat. Cause you're it, the club itself looks like it did in the fifties and in the sixties, it looks okay. the same. And, um, you're in there going, you know, Ella Fitzgerald and Frank Sinatra played here yep. right where I'm standing and it looks the same. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is cool. And then, um, I, I, I really enjoy playing anywhere in France that's become a repeat a lot okay. of repeat shows there too. So the places that I go back and back and back to the audience starts to become like family. And, yeah. and so playing in the South of France has been very fun going back and back there. And, but I have truly enjoyed all of them for different reasons. You know, large venues like radio city music hall and Hollywood bowl were pretty memorable, but then these little awesome venues like birdland Absolutely. and Ronnie Scott's are you can't get that feedback so cool. the same way you get it in the right. large, large venues, you know, and, you can, go ahead. and when they hear that you're coming, they come out probably in groves for support there. And when France. it's the repeat places. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're excited. The first that time in any up. city, not so much, but, but when you come back, yeah, they, yes. they come back and they bring their family, they bring yep. their friends, you know, bring more friends. Yeah. yeah. Aubrey's playing. We got to go listen. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I have good. them to thank for that. Yeah. That's great. So, um, do you ever, I mean, you've played a lot of places, uh, do you ever still get little butterflies right before you get on stage or not really getting on stage feels natural, normal, and great. And, uh, planning for the business gives me more, more stomach pains than, uh, anything ever. So the business side of nervous for, for that, for the, for the budgeting and for the business side of it, but no, the actual shows are or what, what I'm there for. Yeah. I think the biggest high as a musician would be just to feel the energy of the crowd. You know, they're all with you. I I, I bet that's like the biggest high ever. You probably don't, you're like, Oh, I don't want to leave the stage. (laughs) I know you probably get tired after a while, but you know, feeling that energy and you know, that just being one with the crowd, Yeah. you know, then you, then you're done. And that's you bad. know, and there, there are times it feels, yes. I mean, it's a huge blessing to do it. Um, mm-hmm. there's, and, and just not just the energy of the crowd, but the world-class musicians I get to play with on the stage oh, that nice. play with me. You know, we, we also, we also encourage each other and it, and it's fun to be with each other too. And the audience, obviously this year, it's been a lot of cameras right. and, but I hope your listeners will join me for the live streams coming up and everything that we have going, yeah. but, um, yeah. Please but, tell us about the live streams that are coming up and uh, yeah. Cause you're dropping an album or, or you've already, okay. In May, tell us about yes. your album. Yeah, sure. So we released a single last month called um, on the sunny side of the street. This is my first like jazz heavy album. Actually the past couple I did were pop R&B jazz. And this is really a traditional jazz album for the first time. And it's called standard, which is appropriate name for a jazz album, but yeah, we released that in March and we did a live stream show in it's in celebration of that single. 
And you can find tickets to those live stream shows at aubreylogan.veeps.com. So the next one is April the 22nd. I'll be dropping another single then. And then in on May 20th, another show um, again at aubreylogan.veeps.com or just go to aubreylogan.com and it'll lead you there. Okay. Um, and yeah, the, the, the May show will be the big album release. So eat all the show, you can come to all the shows cause they're all going to be different. There's online ticketing. Of course, you only need one ticket per family. You can like okay. it's on demand. And if you miss okay. the live stream, you know, you can yeah. still watch yeah. the show later through the end of May. So, oh, okay, cool. It's like, you know, it's like pay-per-view wrestling tournament or <laughs> concert or whatever, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's so exciting. Do. It's so exciting. When do you yeah. think things will get back to more normal where you can re, you know, you can tour normally? I mean, I know that's a big question. I don't yeah. know. Do you have any insight? Yeah, we're watching it. I think it's just case by case, you know, um, yeah. here in Austin, there will be a studio audience in the room. It's, it's not as full, it's not full capacity, but right. it was nice last time to have some actual smiling faces and applause and help also helps those who are watching from home, I think gives that energy. But, um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, it's slowly happening. I won't, I don't know when I'll be in Europe, but I'll be the first dork on the dance floor. You know, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we love to dance and we have musician friends and we're just, you know, we're excited to have, to hear live music again, you know, to get things back to normal again. I mean, people are hungry for it. I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Aubrey, what's have What's led you to be living in Texas? Yeah, so I was, I went to, yeah, I lived in Seattle, born there, lived in Boston for school, met my husband in Boston. We moved to LA pretty much when we got married and uh, lived there the past eight to nine, 10 years, something like that. Gosh. And then moved here in June. So um, June, 2020, moved to Austin. So we planned to move to Austin, you know, maybe a year or two ago. We planned, okay, let's move to Austin. But it was because I was, I was on tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we had a couple of shows in Austin, a couple years in a row, a couple uh-huh. years in a row. And I was over here the first time and I was hanging out. I was with a saxophone player named Dave cause who I was on tour with on his tour. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of call him uncle Dave. Sorry, uncle Dave, if you're hearing this. <laughs> um, and I was on tour with a collective with him and a saxophonist named Gerald Albright, rich Richard Elliott, um, Rick Braun on trumpet. And we were doing like a collaboration tour mm-hmm. and we were all sitting around the catering table at this venue here in Austin, having mm-hmm. dinner before the show. And I'm just looking around, I'm thinking, and I'm staring off into space and I'm zillowing <laughs> and I'm, and I'm looking around at the guys going, you live in LA, you live in Nashville, you live in DC, you live in Colorado, you live in LA and I, and and I'm looking around Austin going, I love it here. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a really um, cool vibe. Do I need to live in LA? And for the first time mm-hmm. I asked myself that and I didn't, mm-hmm. and I joked about it. I joked about it out loud. And all these guys are like my parents age. And so they like, they, they're my, they're like family to me. And they, they like right. kind of take care of me. And I, I say, and they know my husband and I say out loud, ha ha, wouldn't it be funny if I moved here? Mm-hmm. And they all go, why don't you? And I was like, I'm not, that's a joke. I'm not moving here. I can't leave LA. And they're like, when are you in LA? You're tour half the year. Right. Right. And I'm like, uh, good point. Don't tell my husband he would want to move here in two (laughs) seconds. So I, um, came back. It was a second year in a row. And by that point I was like, okay, all right. Mm -hmm. So I go home. I'm like, all right, 
all right, Chris, we can do this. We can move. And he's like, great. So no. And so um, we just found a great, we moved here in the middle of a pandemic, which is ironically a lot easier to pack your house up when you're not touring. Um, (laughs) True. I hate so to it was quite anyway. smooth. Goodness. Yeah, it was quite a smooth transition, actually. I was Good. able to just be home and pack. Um yeah. and we, you know, built a house here over the past eight months, lived up in North Austin. We now we live in South Austin. And and the Wonderful. music scene here is thriving. I made an album here in December. It's coming out in May. Awesome. Um, gosh, oh. the, What's the name of your album gonna be? Standard. Standard. Okay. Yes. Standard. Okay. And when yeah. in May did you say that was gonna come out? The release show is May 20th and the, um, the album drops May 21st or midnight at who who, depends on who you ask. Yeah. May 21st (laughs) is the album release. Um, And two of the songs are out now. It's dreams and on the sunny side of the street are out. And then Louboutins comes out uh, in a couple weeks here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Austin has got quite the music scene. I was way, way, way back when I used to be, um, in the military and I was Mm. actually stationed at Fort Hood, Texas. In a, yeah, uh, near a little town, Colleen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's about an hour north of Austin. Yes. Um, and we would go, you know, on the weekends to Austin. It was so much fun. The vibe was so great. Love it. And yeah. um, that was quite a while ago. I can't even imagine how how it is right now. Just probably, I love the food, the music scene. Everything yes. was just wonderful. I love it. I I don't blame you for moving there. I would. Yeah. If I could, the only thing I don't like about Texas is it's super hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's. Right now, it's not as hot as it's going to be. But okay. yeah, from about July to September there, you're like, ooh, wee. Yeah, oh, goodness. And I didn't, I didn't have air in my car. And I was ooh, like, oh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I sat in my car about got third degree burns on the back of my legs. I just wanted to Howie. go in and go to the grocery store real quick. I was like, holy yeah. cow, I'm on fire. Um, no, we're sitting pretty in our air conditioned yeah. homes and air conditioned cars around here during that time. I mean, woo. Yeah. I haven't been back yep. to Texas in a long time. I would like to go there and go and visit. Yeah, please. We'll see you when you're, you're on welcome. stage. I would, would love, love that. that. Yeah. So Aubrey, I have a question behind you. You have billboard awards on the wall. Tell us, tell us about that, please. Sure. Um, that's the one on the, the higher up one is, um, from the album I was on with Dave cause and those guys I was just telling you about. Um, and that was Dave cause's album called summer horns from a to Z. And I sang and played on that. And, and then the one, the yellow one is my second album where the sunshine is expensive. And that's the name of the album. It came out in 2019. Um, I have only the fans to thank for that billboard award because they, um, the reason I even have it at all is because they pre-ordered the album even before it came out, just like they can do now with standard. And uh, once it came out, it had enough pre-order. I'm an independent artist. I don't, you know, have labels. And once it came out, it it was. What was the name of it again? I love the name. Where the Sunshine. Where the Sunshine is Expensive. It's all about LA. I love that. I love that. Well, congratulations. That's uh, quite something. Yeah. Congratulations. It was a fun album to make. Very. I still make sure I sing the songs. and, um, And my first album, Impossible, I make sure I throw those songs in on the show, too. Fantastic. Oh, that's so That's so cool. We are so excited that we had a chance to talk with you, Aubrey. We're so glad that you took the time out to talk with us. You have so many accomplishments um, musically. You should be really proud of yourself. And we are so excited that you came here to A Juicy Pair. I'm happy to be here with you guys. And uh, you guys are, you, you ladies are fun. 
Uh, thank you. So again, if you guys want to get tickets, it's go to AubreyLoganVeeps.com or just go to AubreyLogan.com. Yes, um, AubreyLogan.Veeps.com. .Veeps.com. Okay. And uh, just stop. Yeah. AubreyLogan.com is a little easier to remember, isn't it? Yeah. Sweet. (laughs) They can find the links to the album on iTunes and anywhere. Anywhere. On my website too. Yeah. Yeah. You guys need to go do that. Her album drops May 21st. Aubrey Logan, everybody. Thank you. So excited. I hope you have a great rest of the day and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you're here. We had so much fun, didn't we, Sean? Yes. I totally hope, everybody, that you enjoyed our episode. So please subscribe to our website, ajuicypearpodcast.com. Yes. See you there. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy, and you just listened to another episode of a Juicy Pear Podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. And I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Each week, I have new content, and I love talking with creatives. Tell your friends and family. And if you're feeling led, hey, you can buy me a coffee on ajuicypearpodcast.com.